0: checking out Parkview on the go. I'm Nathan, one of the pastors at Parkview, and I'm excited for you to hear this weekend's message, which is a continuation of our teaching series called Rebuild. In fact, if you've missed the other messages in the series, they are available on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you typically go to find Parkview podcasts. And if you're like, I have no clue what you're talking about, Nathan, just go over to parkviewchurch.com slash on the go, and you'll be able to locate all of our content there. Before we get started, I want you to know this, regardless of your past or your story, you belong here. You don't have to have everything figured out. You don't need to have all the answers. The truth is that you may be listening right now, and you're just not sure about this whole Jesus thing, and I get it. You and your questions and doubts are welcome here. I pray that wherever you are on your faith journey, you're inspired and challenged to take a step toward becoming the person you're supposed to become. Enjoy the service. Hey, Party, I'm really uh,
1: unbelievably excited to tell you that we're going to do live services again. I can't believe I would ever have to have to say that, um, but we're planning on it. September 13th, we are coming back, Sunday only, all campuses. We'll let you know details along the way. There won't be kids ministry. I hate that but it's the way it is. Schools are closed. We've got to to respect that. We will be doing face masks. We will be doing social distancing. We will be doing 25% of our auditoriums. We will not be taking reservations. We're just gonna manage it. We will have the ability for you to stay in your car if you want to and not come in and FM broadcast to you. We will have outdoor seating for you at all of our campuses, but we really feel like it's time and it's gonna be every other week. It's not gonna be every week. So we're gonna deep clean in between and we're gonna evaluate it as we go, but here's why this is important. Um, We are trying to to, to gauge the physical health of people and the emotional health of people, and not nearly enough people are talking about the emotional damage that's going on during this, this time and what we're gonna have coming out of it, and we believe that Jesus is the answer. He said, if you have me, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world, and yes, we can have him online. We don't have to show up, but there's something important for a lot of people about meeting together, and I wanna do it, and you wanna do it. Uh, if you're not healthy, please don't come. If you're not comfortable with it, stay online. It's all great, um, but we're excited because we're actually going to try to do this. We'll see how it goes along the way, but we're gonna to try to do this September 13th, all right? So uh, do you know your phone number? This is a fun question. Do you know your phone number? Do you know your wife's phone number, your, your spouse's, your mom's? I mean, really, it's hard now, because it's just like, hey, Siri, call Denise, right? How about this number? 867-5309, yeah. How about this one? 588-2300-EMPIRE. How about about this commercial? Give me a break, give me a break. That Kit Kat bar, I know, it's not important, but it's in your head, right? Frosted Lucky Charms are? Full of sugar, yes. No, they're magically delicious. And oddly, they are gluten-free also. How does that happen? I don't know. And my wife still won't let me eat them. So so what I'm saying is, let me go to the really old people. Okay, how about this one? Slinky, slinky, it's fun. It's the best of the toys. I know you had to be really old for that one, but it sets up my joke because some people are like slinkies. They aren't good for much, but they're fun to push down the stairs. That's funny right there. I don't care what you say. Now finish this phrase. How can a young man keep his way pure? If you got that right, uh, you get to eat first today, okay? It's by living according to your word. What, you don't know Psalm 119.97? Okay, well, I shouldn't hold that against you. I mean, it's not even in the New Testament, I get that. But why is it that we know more about frosted lucky charms than we do the word of God? I mean, I know it's a jingle, it's a memory crutch, whatever. We can't have a jingle for every Bible verse, but, but it's a sad commentary. As we finish up Nehemiah today, I know the big news is that they discovered the word of God. Actually, the big news for you is that we're finishing up Nehemiah. But the big news for them is they've discovered the word. I mean, like literally it has gone away. Nobody has even known it was there. Nobody has read it. And when they find it, they are blown away. For those of you just joining us, we've been studying the book of Nehemiah, the most interesting man in the world, and it's about rebuilding what is broken in our lives. Rebuild because it's 2020. I mean, it's it's still so bizarre to me to think about how much time and energy has been spent by companies around the globe to have a 2020 vision. You know, every organization used it as a marker for having this clear vision thing. It's 2020, oh, that's really funny. And then 2020 happened. And most of that planning was a gigantic waste of time because the world has changed. So we are rebuilding. And let me stop right here and pray for our country yet again as we rebuild. Father God, I just wanna pray that you'll be with us My friend Montel told us when we don't know what to say, we should say, I don't know what to say. And in light of Kenosha, I don't know what to say. And I wanna pray for my black brothers and sisters who are struggling and they don't get to let it go. And I know I don't know all the details and I get it. And I'm also praying for uh, our blue friends and for our, our police officers, because on both sides of this, everybody is frustrated and everybody feels like people are looking at them the wrong way and in some cases they really are and I don't know how to solve that. I just don't know what to say. I wanna pray that this is the beginning of rebuilding, that the tearing down can stop and that we can rebuild. It's in your name that I pray, amen. It's God's desire to rebuild in your life what is shattered, what is broken, what is corrupt, what is messed up, okay? Through the blood of Jesus and the power of his Holy Spirit working in our lives, he can rebuild our country. He can rebuild our marriages and our families and our businesses and our neighborhoods and his church. And because the gracious hand of my God was upon me, the king granted my requests. So my question for you is, do you need God's gracious hand to rebuild what is broken in your life? Then you have come to the right place. God calls this ordinary, non-pastor type guy to do this great work, this rebuilding of the wall of Jerusalem. And along the way, we found out that he encounters opposition from enemies and internal problems and strife. And then we get to this random verse, this guy verse. So the wall was completed on the 25th of Elul in 52 days. When our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized this work had been done with the help of our God. I absolutely love that verse. Let me remind you again, it's not about a wall, it's about a kingdom, it is about the light It's about the light that we're supposed to be shining. I will make you a light for the Gentiles that you will bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Jesus said it this way. You are the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Does our country, does 2020 need the light of Jesus right now? more than any time in my history, and maybe more than any time in human history, you guys. That's why we're coming back together on the 13th of September. That can't happen if the people in the city aren't lit up, and we need to be lit, you know, like in a good way. You get what I'm saying? And I think you and I have seen beautiful churches that are absolutely dead or turned into coffee shops, and it happens all around us. The stats before the pandemic were that 10 churches closed every Every day in the U.S., so how do we keep the church's light shining? So now they have finished the wall, they've they've done it now, they got to keep it going. That's where we're at today. As we finish up, they build this, this, they have this big church service, which is interesting because there haven't been any church services there for a long time. They didn't even know where the Bible was. I mean, like, literally, they were they lost it. They knew commercial jingles, but they had no idea what God wanted. And it says this. All the people assembled as one man in the square before the water gate. No social distancing there. They told Ezra the scribe to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon, and all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. They tell the pastor, hey, Ezra, go get the book. You know, we need to read the book. And probably estimates of 50,000 people are standing for six hours while the pastor reads the Bible. They stood for six hours. Some of you can't stand for two worship songs. And they were so enthralled by the word of God that they're standing for 6 hours. People are excited. They're doing the wave. They're we love Leviticus. Yes, we do. We love Leviticus. How about you? I mean, they're pumped up. It's so fun. And notice the phrases that emphasize their respect. Verse 9 says they had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Verse 12, they celebrated with great joy because now they understood the words that had been made known to them. And then the Levites, chapter eight, verse seven, instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. What? Yeah, they had church and small group at the same time. There's a list of Levites in chapter 10 and those are there's 82 of them and those are the small group coaches okay so what they're literally doing is they're they're doing the sermon they're reading the word and then they're having small group all standing around together this was what they did small group and church at the same time It's the same thing they did in the book of Acts. They had church in a big place and then they had small groups in their own homes, okay? I wanna challenge you. One of the reasons why we're not going back every week is because we wanna keep evaluating what's going on and clean the building. The other reason is I wanna challenge you to open up your garage door on the in-between weeks like Labor Day weekend next weekend and then the September 20th weekend, we're gonna go every other and I want you to open up your garage door, invite your neighbors into the backyard, put up a, a TV somewhere where everybody can see it and do church together. I mean, it's really just that simple. When we can't gather as a large group, gather your family, your friends together at your home, do it responsibly, you know, responsibly. Don't have an apple bobbing contest, you know, or spitting contest or anything like that. Set a consistent time each week and, you know, Sunday morning is probably a great time because back in the day, you used to come to church on Sunday morning. It doesn't need to be, just a consistent time. Play the service for them on your TV and maybe discuss some questions at the end. You know, you'll get bonus points out of it. I mean, that's it. And or, Meet together with your small group like you've already been doing, and we have the ability to give you all the information on that. We need each other, and the reason many of us are feeling increased levels of anxiety is because of the isolation. And we still have, you know, we still have a virus, but we can meet even when we're doing what we're doing. They met together in Acts 2 in the temple in each other's homes. so that's what we're going to do. So Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, amen, amen, and they bowed down and they worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. But do you understand the literal power of the word of God? I read once about a missionary in Zimbabwe, Africa, who tried to give a New Testament to a very disgruntled man, and and the man said, if you give that to me, I'm gonna use the pages and make cigarettes out of them. The missionary said, well, that's fine. Will you just promise to read the page of the New Testament before you smoke it? The man said, sure. So the man agreed. They went their separate ways. A few years later, the two men met again, and the scripture-smoking pagan guy had found Christ, and he was now a pastor. And he said, you won't believe it. I smoked through Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but when I got to John three sixteen, I just couldn't smoke anymore. My life was changed from that moment. Aren't you glad God's book is more than just a few words on paper? Aren't you glad God's book is not hidden away somewhere? Somebody has to pull out from underneath an old box somewhere where they found it. It's there. It's available for us. They found written in the law that the Israelites were to live in booths. This is fun. Shelters, like, okay, little tents during the feast of the seven months. Okay, so they didn't know this. Once they get to reading the word, they found some stuff that they had been neglecting to do. God had given them several feasts to celebrate and the Feast of Booths was established years before and it was supposed to be a week-long celebration in which the people were to camp out in a hut as a reminder of the fact that their forefathers had wandered in the wilderness for 40 years and lived in tents. One of the three major feasts, okay? And it was also a time for gratitude, for the first crops to come in. It was, it was that time of year, you know? So it was like Thanksgiving holiday meets the Grateful Dead concert. This is what it is. And here's what's important for you. The first thing you have to do when you read the Word of God is figure out how to obey it, okay? If you can't figure out how to obey it, don't keep on reading and just skip it. Figure out how to obey it. They had to go out and find a bunch of sticks and and make huts out of them and live in them for a week. And then the Bible says, the whole company, no holdouts, had returned from exile, built booths, and lived in them. From the days of Joshua of Nun until that day, the Israelites had not celebrated it like this, and their joy was very great. Why? Because they obeyed. Jesus' brother James says, do not literally just don't listen to the word of God and deceive yourselves, do what it says, and you will be blessed in what you do. How did they respond? Well, they confessed their sins. They saw some areas where they needed improvement. On the 24th day of the same month, the Israelites gathered together fasting and wearing sackcloth and having dust on their heads. It was a symbol for them of of repentance. It was an act of humility. They realized that they had neglected God. And because they hadn't read the book of the law, they didn't know what they were supposed to do. And they realized it had been over 70 years since they'd had a day of atonement, the day when their sins were paid for by the sacrifice of blood. And they realized that they could no longer celebrate until those sins were taken care of. God does have to convict us from time to time not because he's some killjoy up in heaven who doesn't want us to have fun. It's because he knows that when we allow sin to creep into our lives, it's going to ruin us. Can I get an amen from some of you? You get what I'm saying. I was working out with a, one of my trainer friends years ago, and it was a workout class. So there were several people there, and we were talking about whey protein drinks. And Darren, he says, you know, I, I, you need to drink it with water. Um, and I was like, man, it tastes bad. I, I like it with, with milk. And he said, yeah, but that's not, that's not as good for you. And I said, yeah, but it tastes terrible. I just drink it with milk. And I'm just being me. I'm just like, you guys just drink it with milk. I promise you it'll be better. And Darren says, hey, I don't come into your place and go, hey, you know, adultery, no big deal. Don't worry about it. It's a good point, right? It's easy for the small little cracks to happen in your integrity. You know, the, 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 this thing that, that, that the Jews had been doing, we found out last week where they are charging exorbitant interest to each other, it started out as a little thing, right? I'm sure that's exactly what it was. That's how it starts. You put a little milk in the whey protein and then a little chocolate syrup and then some ice cream and some Captain Morgan, and pretty soon you're like, hey, I'm not losing any weight. Does that sound familiar? That's because that's a mudslide, not a protein drink. Hello, McFly. That's what I'm talking about. They felt the weight of their sins. They knew they were sinners in need of salvation, so they confessed it. Maybe six hours of confession seems like a lot for you because you're a really good person and you don't have much of that to go on, or maybe we just take it all for granted. But I'm telling you, Jesus deserves more than an elbow bump for saving our soul right now because he went through a lot for me and my sins. This prayer in Nehemiah 9, it's the longest recorded prayer in the Bible. Don't worry, I'm not gonna read it. It's basically a recap of Israel, and it's summed up in verse 33. In all that has happened to us, you have been just, O Lord. You have acted faithfully while we did wrong. So they confessed, but that wasn't enough for them because Nehemiah wanted them to take another step. And what he did was he had them sign a contract. And literally had them sign a contract. I think the Israelites know that talk is cheap, and given their track record, they knew they should write a contract to God. So the 10th chapter is a list of the people who signed on the dotted line. Here's what we're gonna do. Of course, Nehemiah, the leader, signed it first. And the question was, where would they choose to be obedient, okay? Where would it be? Well, for one thing, it would be at home, okay? We gotta start at home. You're stuck there anyway. We promise not to give our daughters in marriage to the people around us or take their daughters for our sons, okay? Last time I preached about Nehemiah, my oldest daughter had just become engaged to a British guy. So I had a really good fun time going off on this one. you know. Now their third child has just learned to walk. This week, you know, I mean, it's amazing how the time has gone. But I worried at that time how their funny accent was gonna come, my grandkids' funny accent, because she married a foreigner. Is that what Nehemiah means? No, it's not about intercontinental marriage. It's not about interracial marriage, for crying out loud. It's about interfaith marriage, okay? It is what Paul said in 2 Corinthians, don't be yoked together with unbelievers. What do righteousness and wickedness have in common? What fellowship can light have with darkness? Okay? Here's, what, here's, here's the first thing is at home, okay? We're going to raise our kids to be in God, okay? The second thing is at work, all right? Here we go. When the neighboring peoples bringing merchandise or grain to sell on the Sabbath, we will not buy from them on the Sabbath or any holy day, Hello, Chick-fil-A, Hobby Lobby. Here we are, yes. Every seventh year, we will forego working the land and cancel all debts. Now, this is super significant, you guys. They are saying we are willing to give up our income and do less business if that's what it takes to do God's will in our job. And we're not under the old covenant anymore. I don't think this is about a certain day. I still sometimes wish Chick-fil-A was open on Sunday, and I know you do too, okay? This is about honoring God with our business. This means that you're committing yourself to being a Christian at work, okay? At home, at work, and at worship. We will also assume responsibility for bringing to the house of the Lord each year the first fruits of our crops and every fruit tree. As it is written in the law, we will bring the firstborn to the house of God to the priest ministering there. Moreover, we will bring to the storerooms of our, we will bring to the storerooms of the house of our God to the priest, the first of our ground meal, our grain offerings, the fruit of all our trees and our new wine and oil. And we will bring a tithe of our crops to the Levites. We will not neglect the house of God. Can I just say right here, thank you for continuing to obey God in your tithes and offerings. Thank you for what you're doing through this time. Um, we're cutting back expenses. We're, we're, we're doing everything that we can to make sure that everything keeps going the way it needs to. And it's mm. it's amazing how faithful you guys have been. But this is unprecedented. Do not neglect the house of our God. You see, the Israelites chose to be obedient in some key areas because they were seeking to show that this commitment to God was gonna be more than just lip service. It was gonna be more than just a six-hour deal. Oh yeah, we're sorry. Now we're gonna go back to the way things were, okay? We know that if we have come to know him, John said, we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar and the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know that we are in him. Whoever claims to live as him must walk as Jesus did. Then they dedicated the wall to God. I had the leaders of Judah go up on the top of the wall. I also assigned two large choirs to give thanks. (laughs) One was to proceed on top of the wall to the right towards the dung gate. And the second choir proceeded in the opposite direction. I followed them. <laughs> okay, th- just just get it, right? Like, you guys go to the dung gate. You know what the dung gate was? It was the dung gate. You get it? And the other one went the other direction and Nehemiah was like, um, I'm going with you guys. That's leadership right there. Together with half the people to the tower of ovens on the broad wall. You can smell bread this way. You can smell dung this way. Nehemiah, pretty smart leader, right? This is really great. I'll go with you guys, okay? But just imagine the families as they make their march around the wall, even the dung gate half of them. Don't you think they were so proud? Didn't they tell their neighbors, this is the part we worked on right here. That's where little Simon smashed his finger on the rock. You know, they're doing a the conga line up there. Dun, 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 dun. Cause they, they did it. This crazy impossible task. God did it and they participated. And this is for you leaders, whatever it is that you're leading. What do you think was going through Nehemiah's mind? Because Oh man, I picture this. The last time Nehemiah tried to go around the wall, it was in such rubble in chapter two that he and his horse couldn't even get through the mess. And I bet as he walked around the wall towards the oven side, he felt proud. And he said, hey, you guys, beat those cymbals loud. Turn up the harp amplifiers. Let's make sure that Sanballat, the Horonite, and Tobiah and Geshem hear us celebrating. They said it couldn't be done, but with God, it did, us. That's what I'm talking about. When I preached this in 1996, I said, don't you look forward to that someday? I love looking back on this. It. It's so great. I said, don't you look forward, we're in a tiny little building in Tinley Park on two acres. And I said, don't you look forward to a new building that has enough space that we don't have to have a waiting list for our kids' stuff, where our youth can meet at the building because they weren't, where we can have offices on site because we didn't have it. And I said this exactly, in a building that we didn't think was possible, in a location (laughs) that the whole area drives right by. I, I literally said that. That was four years before we found our first property on Wolf Road in Orland, not to mention our other campuses that people drive right by. And I said, I see it because I see God doing it. Not me, not us, not a few wealthy members of our church, but God. I see that first worship service in our building with someone getting baptized, maybe your friend, and saying, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and He is my Lord and my Savior. No matter how hard and perplexing this time is for me, I don't have to go back too many brain cells to see the mighty hand of God in our past and know that whatever 2020 brings, His hand is gonna happen again. And on that day, they offered great sacrifices rejoicing because God had given them great joy and the women and children also rejoiced and the sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away. Let's pray. These are your servants, Lord, and your people whom you redeemed by your great strength and your mighty hand. Let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this, your servant. And to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name, give your servants success today as we rebuild by granting us favor. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to Parkview On The Go. What another powerful message from Pastor Tim. I I pray that whatever you're working on right now, whatever it is God has asked you to build, a family, a marriage, a ministry, that it would be blessed. I also pray that you'd be encouraged by the fact that God is with you every step of the way. Is it going to be easy? No. But is it worth the effort? Absolutely. One last thing. On our next episode of Parkview on the Go, we'll get to hear from teaching pastor Todd Clark. His message will be super practical and we'll focus on navigating stress and finding rest during this current season of life. You don't want to miss out on that. In fact, if you subscribe to this podcast, you'll receive a notification the second it gets published. So don't forget to do that. In the meantime, you can always go to parkbychurch.com for information about our church or just to connect with us a little bit more. Thanks again for tuning in. See you next time.